0: Hi everyone, you're very welcome to another episode of the Cork Motorist Movement. Um, th- I'm your host Mark, we've got a packed show for you today so we'll get right to it. So the first topic I want to discuss is regarding road safety, um, in particular in light of the recent tragedies that we've seen on our roads and the urgency with which improvements in our road network are needed. So we've all seen over the last couple of days and last week or two um, the very tragic um, accidents on our roads and it kind of it, it's made me think, is it is it something that we need to start becoming more concerned about again? Because as we all know, at one stage Ireland was um the worst country in Europe for road deaths, and our road safety record was appalling. And we had made a lot of progress through um the work of the Road Safety Authority with the Chief Executive Noel Brett, as it was at the time, and the late. Gay Byrne, who was a very, a uh, strong advocate for road safety, um, I just wonder: are we gone back? gone back a bit again. Have we taken our eye off the ball as such? In that we, we there are a lot more speed cameras on the roads now, and that they are trying to slow us down, but. Are we, are we becoming careless in in our driving, and are we t- still taking too many chances, because. Let's face it. Even though we are in twenty twenty and, um, we have had almost thirty years now of consistent road improvements, a a a vast majority or not a vast majority, but a very large part of our road network in Cork and I presume nationally as well, is not up to scratch. Um, like we saw yesterday, how one, um, incident on the Cove to Cork Road caused pandemonium for hours. And that was on a day where traffic volumes are nowhere near um, what they would have been pre-COVID-19. So, and we often see it in Dublin as well, if there's a crash in the M50 or even in Cork, if there's a breakdown in the tunnel or if there's a crash at Dunkettle. Kettle, it, it really does throw the whole system into chaos. So, I suppose that's a different issue. That that's a separate issue to the safety of the road, but our road network still isn't up to scratch, and there are a lot of places in the county where the roads are not so good. Like I, I don't know if any of you seen me on Twitter last week. I said that I driven from Mallow to Fomoy, um, on Saturday, and being honest, with you last like that day the The road between Mallow and Ballyhooli, from Ballyhooly to from I, it's fine, but the the road between Mallow and Ballyhooli is shocking to be honest. The the potholes, the twists, the bends in the road, the, the, kind of bumps that you go through, it's it's totally unsafe. And I'm I'm someone who drives that road once or twice a week, so I know where to take my time. I know where to take to be careful and like, obviously you should be careful all the time, but we're to be extra careful. But if if there was someone on that road who wasn't, some, wasn't as experienced a driver as I am or as other people would be and decided to not take their time, like the potential for a disaster on that road is unfortunately too high. Um, and there was a lot of work done on that road over the last 15 years, but it's still very, very much inadequate. And we need to start thinking about our road network again and thinking about what routes and what roads need to be prioritized for immediate upgrade or for upgrade like we've seen how long it's it's taken for the Macroom bypass to happen the cork to limerick road is hopefully at the latter stages of planning and that construction will, will start in the next couple of years um but like, there are other roads in the county, like, for example, I spoke about the, the road to Cove, there's only one road, really, in and out of Cove, um, and, or there's two, but they both end up in the same place, and you both come back to Fort Island, and if there's a crash there, then it blocks the whole island in, um, and, like, you even head from, like, the Cork to Middleton Road is fine, it's a fine road, but, like, from Middleton to Yall, it, it's it's a really bad road, and it has been approved, but it's, it's still not a great road. Like, once you once you get to to Yall and you head from Yall to Dungarvan, the road is a lot better from Yall to Dungarvan than it is from Middleton to Yall. Like, there are... Like, we're such a huge county and it's hard to keep all our roads up to, to standard, but the ones that are high volume, at least, should be high standard. And, like, Cove especially, like, there's a lot of people living in Cove who need to come to the city for work or for, for various things. And... Like it's not acceptable that one crash or one incident in the morning can delay people the whole day, pretty much. And like Cove is a town with a with a train network to Cork, but obviously I think people are probably hesitant to get the train into Cork at the moment or to get any sense of pu- any form of public transport due to the current situation. Then that's completely understandable, but like when things do go back to normal whenever they are that could be a couple of years down the line like these things have the potential to cause havoc on like if that happened at seven o'clock on a monday morning like it would just it would last for hours and hours and it would be lunchtime really by the time something like that would be cleared so i think we really need to give a serious thought to improving our road network and it's, it's something that i saw in the evening echo today or the echo as it is now from Councillor Des Cahalis he said that too much of our road network and of our development around the city has focused on the Jack Lynch Tunnel and he's completely correct he said and he was talking about he he referenced the lack of action regarding the North Ring Road and to be fair to Councillor Des Cahalis is a Southside Councillor but he recognizes the need to have a more balanced approach to our city in that like a North Ring Road has been talked about now for far too long but what a North Ring Road would do is it would take so much pressure off the South Ring Road, the Jacklinch Tunnel, the Dun Kettle Interchange and it would mean that there would be more balanced development around our city but we've been waiting too long for it now and it's not included in the Cork Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy eh, which is a lovely name, it really is a lovely name but it, it just seems to be another report Releasing plans that have been released many times already, but just with a bit more fancy covering on it, and like I would be very enthusiastic about the report if I was confident that it would actually happen and that the planned upgrade of our infrastructure would happen but i I really do have genuine doubts about it. Like the North Ring Road seems to have been pushed on the back burner now, and like the North Ring Road is critical. It's really critical. Like if you could link the North Ring Road to the to the new M twenty and link it out to Ovens or out to out to link the road out there and link then the M twenty to the M eight, you would take so much traffic out of done Kettle every day, and you would have a much easier flow of traffic in around our city, and what it would mean is what we could do is we could have different spots around the route where you would have park and rides and we could take an awful lot of cars out of our city but like that costs billions but it also it also requires commitment and strong will from politicians to see it through it i don't think it's very politically popular at the moment for a lot lot of politicians to be seen to be supporting roads infrastructure i think the green party got an awful lot of wins in the program for government negotiations and roads infrastructure and road safety seems to have been given the short shrift really and it, it it's of secondary priority now at this stage whereby the priority is on something that's much cheaper but benefits much less people which is cycling infrastructure and pedestrian infrastructure in our city centers but i th- I think that's short sighted to be honest, I think it is very short sighted and it's something I'll come back to in a second um but the what what I'm going to come on to next is just touching on what I've just spoke about is the green party stance on motorists like we all know the Green party are in favor of more environmentally friendly travel, more natural or more physical exercise for commuting and so on but We need to ensure as well that people actually have ways of getting to work and ways of getting into our city and town centres rather than just catering for people who live in the city and town centres. Like I'm not saying that we shouldn't have safe cycling infrastructure and I'm not saying that we should have no investment in it, but we shouldn't be at a case where we have all of our investment in it either we should be catering for motorists. And I think the Green Party have shown that they're anti-motorist. They are. They're, they're anti-motorist. they are And I think they're anti-rural Ireland as well. And there's a sense, there's almost kind of like a snobbery really, whereby they associate anybody who opposes certain aspects of what they say and opposes and who offers a critical analysis of their plans for our city and town centres, they associate us with being kind of like what they would see as the worst of Danny Healy Ray, of just coming into the doll and saying, oh, God, above himself is in charge of the weather and painting us all under that umbrella. And it's a snobbery, really. They, 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 they have no respect for people in rural Ireland and they've clearly shown by some of the things they say about some of our elected representatives from rural Ireland that they've no respect for... Not only those elected representatives, but they have no respect for the people's vote. Like they, they have as much right to have a say in the future of our country, and indeed our city, as the Green Party do. Because as I've said many, many times on this podcast, and I'm, I'm blue in the face and saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it. Our cities and towns are used by far more people than just the people who live there. Accessibility and movement around our city by people who live in commuter towns such as Carrigaline, such as McCroom, because McCroom it would would have a, a lot of people coming into Cork on a daily basis, such as Formai, such as Mitchellstown, such as Cove, such as Killa, places like that. Like it's critical to them and like removing car spaces in the city and removing on street parking while most people who go to work don't park in the on-street parking but if we want to force people into multi-storey car parks then there's going to be less places for people who work in the city to to park and we're going to be forcing all the traffic into a multi-storey car park and we're actually going to worsen congestion around them because anybody who drives up Parnell Place any four or five or five o'clock in the evening and down merchant's key will see the volume of traffic that's added by people trying to come out of merchant's key car park or the people trying to queue to get into paul street car park or the people trying to queue to get out of it like multi-story car park does deal with high volumes of cars in a very small space but it does nothing to aid to improve congestion and in fact it worsens it and i think the green party stance is that oh, we'll, we'll reclaim our city and town centers for pedestrians and for cyclists. And anybody who drives in, well, we don't really give a damn about you. You can find your own alternative and that, oh, the rest of us shouldn't have to cater for your choice of, of transport, which I don't think is, is very respectful. And I don't think it's very um, understanding of The f- the fact that some people don't have a choice. And I even saw somewhere today that the Green Party are talking about reducing expenses for councillors, for city and county councillors who have larger engines in their cars. Now, I think most of us would acknowledge that expenses are a sensitive issue. I would argue that city and county councillors deserve a salary, but that's beside the point. But to, to target people with larger engines to me, suggests that they're not interested in curtailing expenses. They're interested in punishing people who need to buy diesel cars. Because that's what it is. And they're interested in, in punishing count, county councillors who live in rural areas who need to con who need to commute up to Cork City for council meetings. Like if you're a county councillor living in Castletown Bayer or if you're living in Bantry or somewhere, you're you're travelling up to the city to attend council meetings to represent the people living in your area, and you shouldn't have to be out of pocket because of it, or or certainly because the Green Party think that the engine in your car is too big, or that your the diesel in your car goes too fast, like these kind of I don't know where they're coming up with these ideas. And then I saw Councillor Dan Boyle, who who's a great man for Twitter himself, like he 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 only ever seems to make great points on Twitter. Um, saying that, oh, just go ahead and do it. Like, this kind of just go ahead and do it is the exact type of arrogance that we expect from the Green Party, whereby they just say, "Uh, look, it, it might risk unpopularity, but we know best. We know best. It's that kind of attitude. We know best. And the people will come around to us eventually and they'll realise long after we did, oh, this is this was the right thing to do all along. You can't force change on people. Like, we've seen, like, today John Hume was buried and I'm not equating any kind of what John Hume fought for as to what I'm campaigning for here. But, like, a genuine leader is not a seeker of consensus, is a moulder of consensus, but... What's worse is I think a lot of people in the Green Party aren't even seeking a consensus. They're trying to enforce it on people, but they don't try and bring people along with them. They seem to be only interested in in representing the people that have elected them and nobody else, which is not good enough. They need to soften their stance on motorists. They need to recognise that we pay a lot of money to be on the road. We do. We pay a lot of money to be on the road. And we're bled dry from various sources and a lot of them are because of the state like obviously you've running costs and servicing costs and you need to buy tires and all that stuff and all of those things are to ensure road safety but like the vehicle registration tax the motor tax like this excise duty on petrol the carbon tax all of those charges go directly to the state and i would point out that a lot of other countries don't have those charges like, they don't have the vehicle registration tax in the UK. And they're, the cost of their cars, like if you buy a, ca- a car in Monaghan, but then you go over the border and you buy the same car in Armagh, the price that you're going to be, the difference in price is going to be astounding. But they have no respect for motorists. They They don't see motorists as being relevant to any topic of conversation when it comes to transport budgets and transport kind of allowances. And they, they just see us as an inconvenience. They see us as a polluter and they see us as someone who should just get out of the way of everyone else who wants to claim our city and claim our county. And that's what's going to come on to next is this the reimagining Cork City plan. As many of you might have seen, I had an article yesterday in, in The Echo whereby some thoughts of mine were published regarding the reimagining Cork City plan. And like it's great, like it's great that our city is going to become more cyclist friendly and more pedestrian friendly. But what that plan lacked in, in kind of it was glaring, glaringly lacked it, was detail. So we're going like I, I, I've said before that I'm not in favour of removing car spaces to accommodate cycle lanes at the moment, because some people don't have a choice, I am opposed to the cycle lane on the South Mall, I don't think that it's necessary, I think that there's a way around it that if you put the cycle lane on George's Key, that you'd have a lot safer, and you would have a better cycling infrastructure if you did it that way, but some people don't want to hear that point of view, but what that plan also missed was that, like, we're going to have so increased cycling infrastructure in various areas throughout the city but they haven't announced it what are the volume of of car spaces of on-street spaces that are going to be removed what are the volume of loading bays that are going to be removed what are the volume of disabled parking spaces going to be removed so the blue badge holders they they're going to have less places to, to park their cars and also what streets are going to be fully pedestrianized and that they won't be car access going forward. What streets are they going to be and what are the plans of the council to accommodate for greater traffic volumes in other areas of the city? We seem to be absolutely obsessed as a city with moving congestion, not getting rid of it. It seems, to be honest, as if Anne Doherty has felt the pressure from the cyclist lobby groups and has has given in and has decided that the, the constant criticism she was getting and the constant demands for certain, certain things from people that, okay, it'd just be easier if we did it, that my life would be a lot easier if I acceded to their plans and just gave them what they wanted. But as I've said before, and it's not, it's not a very popular thing to do on social media, constructive criticism has to be welcomed here. And we can't just give over large parts of the city to pedestrians and cyclists without thinking of the long term strategy as to how we're going to access the city because COVID-19 will end at some stage. And people will go back to work. Like most people are working from home, but people will go back to working in their offices in the city center and working in their shops and working in the bars and restaurants. And the act and the demands for of the city road infrastructure will go back up again. But if we're after pedestrianizing most of it, and if we're after turning a lot of it into cycle lanes and removing on street parking, are we really? going to be then so much of a welcoming city or are we just going to be a city who only welcomes people into the city centre for people who actually live in the city and can get in there and anybody who tries to come in from towns and villages in the county can just basically go get stuffed that your car is polluting and we don't want you is that really what we're saying and it it, it it seems to me is that's what we're doing we seem to be under the, the the city council and a lot of the people who are calling for, the, for this kind of reimagining of the city seem to be under the delusion that these lower traffic volumes are going to last forever and that there will be space for everybody when the traffic volumes go up and that, oh, we, we'll just claim it back from the cars and the cars will just all turn into bicycles and pedestrians. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. And when the traffic volumes go up, then we'll see where we are. Because like when we come to the middle of November or the middle of October and November and December, there's not gonna to be too many people wanting to go dine on the street. There's not gonna to be too many people wanting to sit out in the freezing cold, in the rain and the snow, wanting to sit outside drinking a coffee. That's not gonna happen. And what's going, what are we gonna do with that space? Realistically, we haven't really thought of it through. It, it, if it turned into a summer plan, where temporarily we removed some car spaces and temporarily we removed some access to streets and allowed for more alfresco dining, but with the promise and the premise that we give it back when it's needed, because these things should be only be temporary, then that would be something that would be a lot more palatable to Cork motorists. But as it as it is now it it's it very much seems as if the intention is that the needs of motorists and the recognition that motorists have a voice too just think that we're an in inconvenience and there's no respect for our opinion. And that brings me on to just the final topic that I want to discuss today is regarding the lack of respect for those with a different opinion. And it's something that I've experienced on social media now for the last couple of weeks, and it's laughable really. Like, I I sent a press release, I I founded this movement first of all, and just to give you a bit of background, I founded this movement because I am a Cork motorist, and I felt that Cork motorists like me were not represented in the conversation as to where our city should be going and where our transport transport infrastructure should be developed so I founded the movement because I wanted a voice and I wanted a movement whereby people could come in under an umbrella and have their voices heard and respected and represented it's not about me it's about Cork motorists and the lack of respect for Cork motorists is very very apparent it is it's very apparent and I've seen it on social media people kind of criticising that press release yesterday, that fact that the Echo actually covered it, and they've criticised the journalist and the Echo for covering it and saying, oh, he's it's just one person and he's calling himself a movement and that it's shoddy journalism, like, realistically. If the best argument that you can come up with is criticising the person who wrote the article rather than what the article actually said, you're not on a very solid footing yourself you're you're kind of standing on a moral high ground but you're standing on on quicksand and you're thinking that your version of what is right in Cork is holier than thou and anybody who thinks differently to you doesn't deserve to be heard i never hear any of these criticisms when i hear the Cork motor or the Cork cycling campaign campaign getting coverage on the papers or when i hear the likes of the Cork Commuter Coalition or any of them getting um, any of them getting recognition on the papers or and not recognition but any coverage of their views I represent Cork Motorists I'm not representing myself and there's a lot of people who contacted me saying that they fully support what I'm doing and to keep going and I've had a lot of people asking can they actually come on the podcast and funny enough none of them have been cyclists or, and some of them have been pedestrians but none of them have been cyclists rather than engage with me some people seem to be more interested in discrediting me personally and discrediting what we're trying to do rather than engaging in what we're actually saying because most people, most decent and fair-minded people will recognise that I'm not here trying to stir the pot I'm not here trying to bash Cyclists, while I might, have a ver- I might have criticisms of them and I might have criticisms of the way the city is going and how certain groups are more influential than others, I'm not anti-cyclist. I'm campaigning for motorists' views to be heard by those in authority and those in power. And I'll just finish on this. I'm going to finish on this part. I don't charge anybody for... Listening to this podcast. I don't have a website. I have a Facebook page. Which I don't update as much as I. Update our Twitter page. And I hope to change that. But I'm doing this completely voluntarily. With the support of some people. Who have expressed an interest in. And encouraging me to keep going. And I will keep going. But I'm never going to charge for it. And I don't want donations. I'm not going to set up a website. I'm not going to make this. A huge thing whereby it's going to become an elite of motorists motorists already have enough charges charged on them by several government agencies and by insurance companies and by various others so i'm not going to to ever start charging motorists for coming on to my program or listening to my program i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing And I'm going to keep representing the people who want to be represented and who need to be represented. And if a lot of people have, if people have problems with that, then so be it, but you're not going to change. You're not going to change me. You're not going to change what we're about. And you can either engage with me or you can block me on Twitter, or you can just ignore me. But if you, if you keep trying to discredit me, and if you keep trying to discredit this movement, because like this is about the movement, but people are trying to discredit me personally. If you keep trying to do that, then keep doing it. Because then I know I must be doing something right. So I'm going to leave it there until next week. Thanks very much for listening in. And please give it a like on Facebook and retweet it on Twitter. As usual, I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Cork Motorist. So thanks very much for listening in and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.